All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bootcamp Blueprint, the place where personal trainers go to grow their bootcamp. I'm super excited this week because I've actually got two special guests. So I'll introduce the topic, then I'll introduce these, these guests one by one. But it is a different topic this week because... If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, we interview a lot of fitness business experts, a lot of marketing experts, a lot of personal trainers of the years, a lot of successful entrepreneurs, bootcamp owners, personal trainers. But one topic that we haven't covered is kids fitness or kids bootcamp. And it is a topic that I get asked a lot. And it's actually not one of my specialties. I've taught a few kids classes before at the gyms and high school programs and that sort of thing, but I've, I've never actually run my own kids fitness program. So that's why I've got these two people here on. The first person I'm int- going to introduce, you, you're actually going to probably know this person because he's one of my best friends in the world and he's my business partner and co-director at Fitness Education Online. So let me introduce firstly the one and only Mr. Travis Matern. Travis, Welcome. how are you? Thank you very much for having us again. It's always good to be no here. No problem. Well, if, if you, you obviously know Travis from the fitness education side of things, the personal trainer side of things, the build your bootcamp side of things. One thing you, you may not know about Travis is his background is actually a primary school teacher. So he's got a, a university degree in primary school education. He's taught at primary schools for a number of years. On top of that, he's done a lot of work in the USA. He's taught summer camps over there. He's uh, taught, kids, taught kids gymnastics over here in Australia. He's refereed kids' sporting teams over here. He's done a lot of sports coaching. So when it comes to programming with kids and, and dealing with kids, there's very few people that, that, or that I know anyway that know more about that topic than Travis. So it's good to have him on board and our, our guest as well. So this person also has a, a background in teaching. And they're actually currently running a kids boot camp or a kids fitness program. And I stumbled across this person on Instagram. I was just searching on Instagram for kids boot camp or kids fitness or something. And this person has by far the busiest kids fitness program on Instagram and also the one that looks the coolest. She had like 15, 20 kids in there from what I could see. So let me introduce our guest for this week, Ms. Cassie Chad from Evolve Kids Fitness. Cassie, how are you? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm well, thanks. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for your time. I'm a bit out of breath from introducing those two because they've both done so much. So I might hand it over to you from here, Cassie. What, what really interests me, I just spoke to Cassie on a few Instagram DMs before we, we got chatted here, and I believe Cassie actually got 18 kids registered for her very first program. And I think that would be something, Cassie, that most of my listeners, if they're looking to the kids' fitness side of things, they'd love just to get 18 kids registered for their very first boot camp. So I was hoping I could just leave it to you from here and you could let us know, how did you do it? Where did it start? Uh, What made you think of it? I'm happy for you to start wherever you want to start and just let us know, how do you get 18 people registered for your first kids fitness program? Okay, so I was a teacher for over 10 years and ended up leaving the profession to become a mum. So I was on maternity leave. Um, I did go back in between my two kids but decided after my second one that I would rather be at home for a little bit longer and have a bit more flexibility in my work. Um, So then that ended up with me um, actually thinking about what is it that I want to do. I still love sport. Like, that's a big part of my life. And I still 
um, love kids and teaching. So I wanted to incorporate that somewhere, but still have the flexibility to do so with my own times and, and fit in with my family life. So I thought the best way to do that is start up my own business where I can do things um, around my family and what's going on, but also still follow my passion and the things that I love with that. Um, and then kind of running the idea past friends and family and all the people that know me well and know, you know, know how I do things and how I run and what goes on. And they were, they were excited. They thought it was an awesome idea. And I think for me trying to find a market that isn't taken especially here in WA because we're quite big and there's a lot going on and there are other programs but that aren't exactly the same but also for the age group that I wanted to target which is mainly two to five year olds some some sessions for older kids but kids that in this day and age don't get to go outside and do a lot of the physical activity that I know I did when I grew up so that was a starting point for me and that was one of the things that I thought you know teaching in schools I started off as a high school teach high school phys ed teacher and then ended up working at a school that taught from kindy to year 12 so then I ended up becoming the head of the primary phys ed, phys ed department there and running that and running the carnivals and just seeing the lack of gross motor skill development and just their self-awareness and stuff in general was a massive shock to me and so I thought well if I can target kids that just before they head into school so they've got some of those skills by the time they get there I might not have to spend a term teaching kids how to throw and catch yes so that's pretty much where I started love it hey just out of curiosity there how long was that period from thinking of that idea to actually running the boot camp um it took about two months. Two months from idea to running the boot camp? Yeah. Awesome. And what was the first step when you were like, great, here's the idea. What was the, what was the first step that got the ball rolling from idea to getting 18 kids down there? I'd love to know that step-by-step -step process there. Okay, so the first step was obviously coming up with the idea and then working out a place to do it that catered for all the different types of weather so having an indoor facility available as well as outdoors um, and then from that, sorry Cassidy you're just you're, I can't quite hear you there actually can you say that again that second part so um, after finding a venue that actually could work for both summer and winter weather was then marketing so working out um, my target audience in the area that I wanted to target as well, which is which is very close to my Sorry, Cassie, it's just breaking out there again. Can you hold it back to your, your ear there? I think that was the clearest. There, like that? Yeah, that's perfect. So, sorry, okay. you said you found <laughs> the, the venue. So, once I found the venue, then obviously trying to market the business and try and find. Um, you know, make sure I targeted my target market, which is obviously mums that have younger kids and and all of that. So I did that through my first thing I actually did was start an Instagram page because social media has such a big 
pull in advertising at the moment. So I did that and then from there moved on to, I'm lucky I have a daughter that's at school, so talking to all the mums around there, speaking to the principal there, um, doing like flyer drops, having a massive launch day where I had a whole setup um, there for kids to come and try, their mums can come and see what was going on. Um, and then I've also semi-teamed up with a, um, a long-time friend of mine who does women's boot camp, personal training style outdoor sessions at the same place. And so trying mm. to get some of her mums on board as well for dropping their kids off while they're exercising with her. Wow. Love all of those. Do you mind if I ask a couple of questions with all of those, Cassie? Yeah. Awesome. Now, my first question is the venue. So you do have a venue now that's got indoor and outdoor? Yes. Yeah, so I um, am currently working out of a – it's almost like it's a footy club, but it's an oval as well that does softball. So they have a um, rooms there that we can use in the winter months. Um, mm. And then when it's sunny and nice outside, then I've got um, a whole footy to use. That's, that's awesome. And how many people can fit inside the, the rooms, would you say? Um, I think in one session comfortably, uh, I would say 10 to 15, depending on what activities you do. Obviously, I know it's an indoor session. There's less equipment used. Um, and I tailor my program towards that kind of stuff. So that. Yeah, cool. And how did you get, how did you contact that sporting facility? Did you know them before? Um, I, so I contacted my, the friend that I told you about that does the women's boot camp classes there. She, I knew she was running a, um, a crèche from her business. Mm. And so what I, did was when I came up with the idea of the business, I said to her, hey, look, I'm looking at starting this. I know you've got, like, your, one of your target markets is mums. I'm like, looking at starting kids. I know you've got a crèche on at a particular time. And we kind of started from there. And she was like, yeah, that's awesome. How about you come and set up here and see how you go? And we went from there. Love it. And I love all of those marketing strategies as well because I feel you've combined – the new school with the old school as well, where you've gone yes. like, hey, social media is huge. If I'm going to have, if I'm going to be successful, I need an Instagram page so people can either they can find me on Instagram or even if they find me offline, they can simply go to my Instagram and see what it is and see if it's going to be a good fit. So I love that That's there. It. But I also love how you've gone old school as well and just networked. You're like, hey, I've got a kid at school. There's, I don't know, 100 mums or whatever it may be at, at this school here. Chances are they're all going to have kids. And if those kids are in that demographic, hey, I'm doing a good thing. So I'm just going to put the word out and speak to them. Same thing with the principal yeah. as well. You know, I'm going to reach out to the principal. And I love just the networking with a personal trainer who's already running a mum's thing where you can just say, hey, you've got some mums, they're training, here's something your kids can do. And, and really, if you're listening to this, that doesn't even necessarily have to be a fitness of someone in fitness who specialises in, in mums. There's all sorts of different industries out there that specialise in mums as well. You can reach out to them and do some sort of a partnership there. So that's so it. I, 
I, I love that side of things there. Before I hand it over to Trav, I've just got one more question there, Cassie. What's the plans yeah. from here? Are you looking to, to grow it? Are you happy with these sort of numbers? What's the next step for Evolve Fitness? There's always plan for growth, especially because I feel like it's, ve it's very new. It's, um, the business has only been running for, for eight weeks currently. Mm -hmm. So, um, And this is, is it a 10-week program? Do you run in the school term? How does that sort of work? Yeah, so I run it over the school term and then every school holidays I'll do like a registration trial kind of day. So I'll pick a day and have like a two-hour block where I have stuff set up and um, come down, bring your kids, try for free, you know, have some healthy snacks there for the kids and all that. So parents can come down, let their kids run wild for a couple of hours and then get them to sign up. Yeah, and I'll just say also to, to, to the listeners, what I recommend is go and follow Cassie on Evolve Kids Fitness. I'll put this link in the show notes anyway, but that's probably a good idea to see what she does in real time, right? She can tell you bits and pieces here, but it's probably a good idea to follow her on Instagram. You can see when she's doing her launch, what she do on the open day, what are the links, what's the website look like, what's she charging, all that sort of stuff there. So I, I recommend checking that out. Now, um, we're going to transition a little bit here. I might pass the, the microphone over to Travis, and he might ask you some questions about the programming side of things. Is that cool, Cassie? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's awesome. Beautiful. All right. Awesome. awesome. Travis, All right. Thank you, Jono. I'm going to actually start on one thing, just because you just touched on it with the holiday stuff. Have you thought of doing like a holiday program, like a kids' club holiday program? Because I know from my experience teaching, that holiday program style was super popular as well. You know, like not only going through the school terms, but offering that, you know, that little bit of uh, time over the holidays to put something together as well. Is that something that you maybe thought about as well, moving into? Yeah, that, that's in the plans. I just haven't got to that for yeah, yeah, beautiful. These, these school holidays. But yeah, that is, that is one of the next steps. Yeah, awesome. Well, one, a couple of things that you mentioned there, which, I, which you, also, you actually answered as you were going anyway. I was going to ask what, what teacher, whether it was high school, primary. Uh, so you've answered that, which is pretty cool. Um, now, the thing I know from my experience in teaching is the kids coming through when I worked with them at a kindergarten level, I was a primary teacher, right? So coming mm -hmm. through at a kindergarten level, some of those, those fundamental skills just weren't there, right? So I thought it was really interesting where you've said, you know what, I actually want to get them even before they get there. So that was, yeah. you're, you're in an age group that I've not really had much experience with in regards to uh, the fundamental movement skills and stuff like that. So that's some of the things I, I want to pick your brain with to start with. So you said you've got about 18 mm -hmm. kids down there. I've, yes. Kindergarten classes have 18 to 22 kids and that's like herding cats. Well, do, you have any sort of, do you have any sort of tips for two to five-year-olds if you had 18 of them? That seems like an awful lot of two to five-year-olds. Do you have any tips in regards to like organizing them where to go or getting them like any, any little things that people might be able to implement? Yeah, so I don't – I run a few sessions over the week. So my cat um, numbers for any one session is a up to 10. Otherwise, okay. then it gets a little – too yeah. <laughs> hard but yes. um what i generally do from there is um if it's a younger group so closer to two rather than five the parents generally help out at particular yes. um activities and stuff but what i try and do is either have one massive 
obstacle course where they cover a whole heap of different things or I have station work so they're on rotation they're always busy they're not sitting down doing nothing so they're constantly engaged yeah excellent there's some great tips like that obstacle course style for for kids is is ideal and like I think you're right like this is one thing when people want to program for kids I think they've got to take into account the different levels of skills because you you can't put a a four-year-old kid in the same group as a nine-year-old kid and expect them to, to have the same activities and the same motor skills right that's exactly right. And you notice a big difference from from two even to five. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter and a daughter that's just over five. So I see the massive differences in them, but also seeing them in a program. If you have a rotation-based program or you do have an obstacle course-based program or a circuit-based program, you can put the kids that are of similar abilities they might not necessarily be the same age but of similar similar abilities in the same group or start off first or start off last so they move through that at their pace and still learn the things that they need to learn that they haven't quite developed yet whereas the ones that are struggling right yeah exactly right yeah that's really cool i love that now uh now what i was going to touch on there is with that sort of age group, my knowledge of like the fundamental movement skills and stuff like that comes from my teaching background. Now, yeah. what sort of activities are you working on with that two to five group to, to sort of, you know, like as we get into like primary school, like, you know, five-year-olds, you're looking at, you know, bouncing a ball and some of those simple skills, hopping on one leg, stuff like that. Yeah. So working with a, a younger age group, what are those like precursor skills that you're, you're trying to work on? So um, the main thing, especially for like two, two to three-year-olds is balance and different locomotor skills, but not necessarily the hard ones. So even just um, simple animal movements like, um, jump, like frog jumps or leapfrog kind of things, um, bear walks, crawling, things like that are really important, I find, um, just to get them moving. and. A lot of them live quite a sedentary lifestyle these days. So for them just to be moving and feeling their different muscles is a big thing. Also, um, I'm sure you'll know this from kindy um, programs and stuff like that, crossing the midline. So make sure when they're actually doing things, they're using both sides of the body and they're actually crossing past that. Yeah, yeah, I find that a, a massive thing too. But then I also do, depending on their skill level, include some of the things like bouncing a ball but the size of the ball the texture of the ball all those different things i implement in there to make it a little bit more interesting and sometimes a little bit easier for those that don't have some of those skills yeah well i mean you're probably not going to get a two-year-old to bounce a tennis ball right and as i yeah no even at the like the five-year-old level like they're still fairly they're those like um spiky spiky rubber balls that are quite large you're still yes. So I'd imagine even at that younger age as well, you're using those real like soft, large, like really tactile, easy to grab sort of objects like that. That's it. That's right. And then also a program for that age group is not necessarily making sure you're 100% strict on the correct movement of or, or the development of the actual skill. It's getting them used to the idea of, okay, this is a ball. It can be used for throwing and rolling and all of that. They might not necessarily be doing the best underarm throw or the best chest pass, 
but they're actually getting that movement and that action going. So as they get older, they've got some of the basis to the then put two and two together. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an amazing thing. Now, I noticed when I jumped over on your Instagram page, some little cool things that you're doing that you haven't mentioned there is little things like you had the hurdles and you had them like crawling up and over, getting up and off the ground over like, you know, those 12-inch hurdles and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Some simple cool activities or, or using like a foam like a foam strip for balancing where they're doing like a, a like a catwalk over, yes. over like a balance, balance beam sort of situation, right? Yeah. Yeah, some really cool yeah. things. And you do that in, um, in a circuit style typically or? Yeah, so depend, um, depends on the age group that I have or the kids that are coming through for the particular session that I'm doing, depending on their skill level. Sometimes if I want to place more of a focus, say my focus for the session is balance, I might actually have a rotation-based thing set up. So there might be um, like one, I think the one that you, you're talking to, I have um, balance stepping stones, then a foam balance beam, and then um, where they have to have a bean bag with them as well. So they can either hold it or put it on their head as long as they've got it in their hands or on their head somewhere, just getting used to having something in their hands um, and then popping it at the end of a bar in, in a bucket at the end and then running back and high-fiving the next person um, to have their turn. So that would be my circuit-based thing where they're on rotations. But then if I was to do it in an um, obstacle course, then that would be part of a whole heap of other different activities. So yeah. last night I did one where I had the balance beam, then I also had some mini hurdles and a rebounder with some of those big spiky balls for them to catch and a tunnel to crawl through. And, and also um, I do include some kind of fitness style stuff in there too. So I have um, different rubber, um, you could say like plate kind of things that have say star jumps on there, tuck jumps how to do a V sit and it's got a picture of it all. So then they can practice some of those things as well. Explore some of those movements. Yes. Now, a couple of things I wanted to ask because I don't really know myself. Um, so with that age group, would you be doing anything that like requires a bit of teamwork or anything like that at, at, at that age? Or is that something that's a bit, still a bit obscure? I've right? tried. I've tried. It hasn't worked the yeah, best. Yeah. I find um, to get them used to interacting with others in a sporting kind of environment that um, running back and making sure they high five a person or yeah. when they're moving from different station to station, they stay in a line. They can be like a caterpillar with their hands on each other's shoulders, moving through to the next yeah, okay. yeah, station, cool. um, doing little things like that. So they're still interacting, but they're not necessarily doing partner work. Or yeah, yeah, no, I get that. that they're, they're, and they're also some awesome. Uh, not only are they cool things, are like just getting people to like work together a little bit. They're also yeah. awesome strategies for management, like classroom management. Stuff. Yes. Like the, yes. that strategy of having, when you said they had the beanbag, they run through the thing, put the beanbag in the thing, they run back and high five the next person. Having, having like children grab an object and it's, that means it's their turn to go. Like that, that's a great management strategy. And then that's it. on top of that, moving from obstacle to obstacle where you're like, all right, everyone, we're going to, you know, like 
walk like a you know like walk like caterpillars from one object to the other they all go together like a little you know a little conga line to the next thing they're great <laughs> That's like, exactly right. management strategies on top of developing other things there as well um and then the next thing i was going to ask is do you do any game-based stuff like do you do like i know like again like i said primary school i know we do it like things like even simple things like rob the nest or we do like relay races with like um you know, like like simple relay races with a ball, or like you know, like you said, like a little bean bag. Do you do anything any game based stuff with with that age group, or not really? I've done Rob the Nest um, with the age group, but I found especially with the younger kids, like the two to three year olds, they didn't quite grasp the concept of you only have your turn once. When they yeah. see everyone else run, they all run. Yeah, um, I do try and do. Um, like relays and stuff as part of their warm up. Sometimes in their obs- like in their circuit work, if I have a, like a rotation based session planned, I'll have like those um, rubber mini hoppers that they sit on and they do little races with that. So they're still in yeah. a team, but it's more simplified. It's not they're not playing like a mini soccer match or they're not yeah, playing like a yeah, of course, footy yeah, match yeah. or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, of course. Yeah. But just little game based activities because I, like because these are the things I noticed when they're in say kindergarten, is that working together skill, those 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 things of taking turns and stuff like that, they're still very I seem I feel like they're very not very well developed and um, No, they're not. And it's things that really they they should be coming to school with some of that stuff already. And I found as a teacher, you're teaching these skills that they should have learnt really preschool, like preschool, their school development, you know, like working together and taking turns and little things like that. So that's what I found when I was teaching. And so it's really cool that you're, you're trying to put some of these things in, into your programming as well. Well, I think that's from, from my teaching background, noticing like some of those specific things that you pointed out has been a, big thing on how I've actually tried to develop my program because I remember teaching a kindy class and and having that exact problem kids not knowing how to to wait for their turn or not knowing how to line up for their turn or or things like that so just trying to put in little things and don't get me wrong sometimes it doesn't work (laughs) as much as you try like you want it to but it doesn't but considering it still very early on in the business and obviously you know your programs change and alter depending on the students or the the kids that you've got coming to the sessions I find that it's really important and being a mother myself like they're the things I want my kids to be able to do before they get to school yeah yeah I mean I was going to say when, when you said you were a high school trained teacher I was like oh you're in for a bit of a shock <laughs> train to, to <laughs> working with two to five year olds but then when you elaborated and you said you worked at the school from K to 12 I was like oh, okay that makes a bit more sense like I was like wow you're <laughs> really jumping in the deep end from high school right i i taught high school for one year and then yeah. i got the opportunity to teach primary only and i'd done a bit of primary work like in my teaching prax and in my first year at that school and i think i found i think the thing that i love about teaching younger kids is that you can help develop their skill more like they don't have all the all the basics all the you know the the stuff that us as adults take for granted in our sporting careers or whatever it is. They don't, they don't have that. So you get to see that development. You get yes. to see them grow. And that's what I love. 
Yeah. I just want to touch on one last thing in when you, when you spoke about some of your exercise choices and you said you, you the, the cross body stuff, absolutely yeah. amazing. And, and not only is that amazing for kids now, I like, I, I grew up doing gymnastics and coaching gymnastics and, and I've gone back to doing a lot of these movements that I did as a kid that I didn't even realize they were exercise. Like you said, those bear crawl movements, crab, crab walk yeah. movements, all these things that like as a kid, we just did them for fun. Like it was just stuff That's we ran it. around doing. But now as an adult, I realize it's damn hard to do some of this stuff, right? So I think <laughs> some of that stuff, like anyone listening to this, not only is it great for kids-based stuff, it is great for adult-based stuff as well for the exact same reasons. Because as adults, how often do we crawl around on the floor? You know, it, and it's an important skill. Not only that, it's an important thing to be able to get back up off the ground. So like <laughs> have a crawl on the ground and then stand back up as an adult is an important skill. So I think no matter where, who's listening to this, where they're at for their programming, I think that's a real big takeaway as well. Yeah, I find I'm the type of person that when I do my sessions, I join in the kids. I'm one of, I was always one of those teachers as well. I didn't stand back and watch I was always class and, and playing soccer. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was me playing netball and sometimes soccer. But it, I find it really important also um, in your programming and things like that is if the kids see you doing it, they will always try and they'll give it a go. Especially at that age, some kids are very apprehensive in trying new things. It's a completely new environment. A person they don't even know is running a session in something that they, they might not even feel comfortable in doing. So... In my programming, not only do I do things that, obviously, like you said, you want adults to do it too. I try. If I can't do it, I'm not going to make a child do it, for starters. Yeah. And two, um, you know, the kids want to see you have fun too, and that's my way of including it into my own life. If you want to, so, if you want to train kids, you've got to be willing to make a fool of yourself. You really oh, that's mean. it. You You're, you can't you really take yourself too seriously. Yeah, for sure. You need to get in there. You need to hype up how much fun this is. You need to show them that you're giving it a go because kids look up to you know, us as teachers or look up to us as trainers. And you've got to make sure you're in there showing them that it's a bit of fun. You know, like when it was wet weather days, the kids used to do the just dance and stuff like that. I didn't want to just yeah. dance to Miley Cyrus. But hey, you know what? If I didn't do it, they didn't want to do it either. So, you know, like you've got to get out there and make a fool of yourself sometimes. And, and I think it's important to make sure with kids programming, you're there giving it a go as well. I think that's super important. That's exactly right. I, I find that's, I think I found, especially starting off, that being a massive thing for, my, my program is, because it's a multi-sport based one, it doesn't particularly target soccer or netball or, or football or anything like that. The main one that I run myself, um, I find that if you aren't in there doing it, if you're not giving it a go, if you're not being silly with the kids, they just refuse to do it and they won't do it and their parents are paying you for nothing. Yeah, that is very true. Um, well, I think for me, Cass, that, that, that's all I've got here and that was awesome. That was really great information to hear from you and, and speak to you as well. So thank you. Thank you. Right. Cass, can I ask just a couple of questions to finish off with? Yeah. So one with me, you just seem to have an endless amount of ideas and Travis, you do as well. So maybe you can answer this one as well. I'm curious, 
Do you two just come up with these? Are they just running around in your head all the time? Or are there particular resources or books that you read or, or websites that you go to? Just so if a trainer's listening to this, they're like, man, these two have just got endless ideas. I just I don't know anything apart from a squat and a push-up and a burpee. Are there any resources you could recommend? Or are these just in your head, both of you two know these things? Okay, so for me, I found it's just experience having over been teaching for over 10 years and then doing little things at home with my two girls that they find fun and interesting. That's what I've implemented in my program. But obviously if you're first starting out, there are heaps of um, phys ed sporting resources that you can find online um, that I think I found useful as I first started sorting out. But even now, Every now and then I look on Pinterest and I see little activities that come up with all the basic movements, what fundamental movement skill it's doing or what groups, motor skill at targets and all those kinds of things. So there's heaps of places to go and find information on. Yeah, I, was, I would say for trainers specifically, go out and look at like educational resources. Don't be scared because there's a lot of good educational resources that schools use. So primary education, fundamental movement mm -hmm. skills, sort of how it's referred to. Um, yeah. hand, like I grew up like doing gymnastics and coaching gymnastics from the time I was like 14. So I, I did that for a long time and all those sort of skills that they're just things I learned from doing that and then from teaching. So it comes with a lot of experience to start with, but things like go out and do some, some extra courses. I really think, you know, like we've done degrees in this stuff. <laughs> like, like we did, we both did what four year degrees in education. Um, you know, uh, for Cass in, in specifically physical education and in me in specifically coaching like primary age kids, you know, like or teaching primary age kids. So it, it's not something people are going to get overnight, right? But it's, it just comes with that experience. And, and even things like going out, I know you're, you're heading to, you're, you're doing a zoo thing soon, Jono. Things like mm -hmm. that. Uh, I love animal flow as well because animal flow, when I do that, it just takes me back to being a kid doing gymnastics, a lot of those things. And, and, um, go out and do some of those things because they're so easy to implement into into kids stuff and, and I think even those programs like I think Animal Flow has like a kids program as well and go out and do yeah. that stuff because it's, 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 it's really good quality stuff that um, is not just going to be limited to kids and it's not going to be limited you know I mean there's, it's limitless really that, yeah that's exactly right one more question to finish up this may be a tricky one because both of you have degrees, so you and, and experience there. So you may not have found yourself uh, may not have found yourself in this situation before. But I'd love to ask the question anyway and see if you've got any suggestions. My next question would then be experience. So let's say a trainer's gone out and maybe they've done a course or they've said, "Hey, you know, I really want to start working with kids, but you know, they're not a teacher. They may not have any kids on their own." Do you have any ideas or suggestions of where they could go? To to get some experience of working with kids or exercising with kids. Who wants to, you, you want to start, Trav? You got one? Yeah, I mean, like, like it was a bit different when I started. Like, I, I, as I said, I started coaching gym when I was 14. And that's what, 20 years ago now. It was literally the, the coach that I had left and it was either I took over, I was like the next oldest, I was like the oldest in the class. So it was either I took over or the gym shut down. So that's how it started. I had no nothing like there was no and it was me running a class running running kids sessions for like you know five-year-old kids and the parents just came and dropped them off and left them with me and i just i just taught their kids with no extra anything right so it's it's a bit different now i don't know whether you'd even be allowed to do that stuff now right but in saying that like 
There's all these holiday programs. There's all these other things. If you want to get into it, I don't know what it's like in WA, but in in, um, in New South Wales, there's tons of like uh, like kids sport programs even that that are external for the schools. So they go in and run like the kids sporting programs for primary schools. And you don't need to be a teacher to do these things either. So if you want, if that's an area you want to get in and get that knowledge, you can go into that sort of area. Depending on your age and what you want to do, you can go into like the, the before and after school care stuff because a lot of those things have, uh, they try to run really good quality programs. If you're in it, you know, if you want it to be successful, you want, you know, you've got to run a good quality program so the kids want to be there as well, right? So, which ideally includes some of this stuff. Um, that's probably the places I would say to look. Uh, and also, you know, like coaching kids' team. If you're really mm-hmm. desperate into it, kids' kids sport are desperate for coaches all the time. You know, find a, find a club that wants a coach. I think that's the first thing I would say too is if you know you're good at a particular sport, say, for example, soccer, um, and, okay, maybe you don't have kids so you can't, you're not there watching them play, but you can always, that when it comes to kids sport, they, like Travis said, they are always looking for coaches. And I feel that would probably be, if you don't have any other experience, probably the best way to get in. But also on top of that, I don't know if it's the same um, in New South Wales, but you need to make sure that if you're doing that, you do have, you're working with children, all the things put into place to make it easy for you to start that, but start somewhere where you know you've got some kind of knowledge in or some kind of skill set in. If you don't, then go out and find a course that will give you that to lead into something else. Yes, love that. And it's the exact same here. Sorry, it's the exact same here, working with Children Check. I think in in, uh, Victoria, it's the blue card. It's pretty easy to do. You go and do it at the, uh, it's not the RTA nowadays, it's the RMS. Um, You go and do it there, costs... 50, 60, 70 dollars or something like that. Um, it, it's pretty easy to do, provided you know you uh, don't have any criminal issues. You know, it's pretty easy to get done. There yeah. goes your right, Travis. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm doing this now, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and both of you two just gave me even ideas there off, off the top of my head. When Travis was mentioning the sporting teams, like I actually played sport with Travis. We actually played rugby league, and there were even just not even coaches, just trainers, right, Trav? Yeah, they were sure. just we had we had a head coach, but there were always two or three other. And to be honest, they were dads, but they may not have been. Actually, one time it wasn't. There were some guys there that were just you know mates of the coach, yeah. and he would just come down and you know help out with training just as the trainer. So maybe even if you know you're not going to be the full time coach of the team, maybe you can volunteer your time and say, hey, you know, I'll come down and every Tuesday and Thursday for an hour and just help out and, and do what needs to be done. Look, if and you're then, also like also on top of that the chances are you probably have an affiliation to that club to start with. Maybe you mm. played at that club growing up. Like maybe going in there with like a cold, like they've never met you, they've been, they might be a bit dubious, right? But if you've, you've sort of played, you know, like if you're playing, you know, grade soccer there still or whatever, if you say, hey, you know what, I'd love to coach a under eights team, they're probably going to say, great, we need a coach. You know, like I think it's, it's a matter of obviously, you know, finding the right atmosphere. But, yeah, you're right. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a great opportunity. That's it. And I also find, like, I think you touched upon it as well, Travis, is the out-of-school programs or school holiday programs, I know even though it was part of my degree, I had to do it. There are also volunteer-based programs that do run kids' sporting programs or different activities or whatever it is, possibly try, 
obviously you don't get paid for it, but yeah. trialing it to see if, hang on a minute, mm-hmm. is, is this something I like? Is this something I'm interested in? And getting a little bit, bit of background in that and then finding the main pathway to get to how you, what you want to do and where you want to take it. And I'll, I'll expand on that too. I think two things with that, like even if you don't get paid, hey, that's how you learn. Both of you two did what, four-year degree? You can get paid for that degree. Like you don't just overnight become an expert in something. So, you know, if you listen to this and you're like, oh, man, I don't want to work for free to learn how to train for kids. Well, you've got to learn somewhere, right? But even to, to add on to that as well, there was a program I used to work at a gym and Travis worked there as well actually at, at Bluefit. And yes, they would do those school holiday programs, but they'd also do programs where you'd go to different schools and teach sport there. And there were some rough high schools around the, the area and that was often a, a job that people didn't want to do. They begged me to do that job. They were like, oh, Jono, any chance you can do this job here? And I, I heard bad experiences from, from other people. So I was like, no, nah, that's cool. No way am I going to. But there's even opportunities there. Like there's, there's that gym would beg me to go to this and, and get there. And I didn't do it because it wasn't the pathway I wanted to go down. But hey, if I did want to start working with kids, that would have been perfect for it there. So there's that. And even just the high school, I, I forgot I even did this, but period of about maybe five, 10 years ago, I just wanted to give back to my high school. I went to a, a private school and they had quite a good rugby program. And I was like, you know what? I just, um, I would just love to give back to this school. So I just emailed them and said, hey guys, you know, do you need, now I'm a, a personal trainer. I'd love to just do some strength and conditioning for your, your rugby team. And the dates just didn't work. The training they had, it just, it didn't work with what I was doing personal training at the time, but they were happy for me to go in and do that as well. So whether it's a sporting team, it may be your high school, it may be a gym that's got them, there's, there's plenty, of, uh, plenty of opportunities there. But that's, that's pretty much everything from my end. Anything you wanted to finish up with there, Trap? Yeah, I was actually going to say, so my whole time when I coached gymnastics for like 10 years or so, I didn't get paid a cent. You know, like mm-hmm. I did it because I enjoyed it. Like that's literally why I did it. And, you know, sometimes... Obviously, you know, people want to do this stuff now as a profession, all that sort of stuff. But sometimes if you want to get your foot in the door, um, you might have to do that sort of stuff. You know, you might have to do like that little bit of volunteer. If that's what you want to get your foot in the door and you don't have any other opportunities to do it, you know, that's what you might have to do it. Simple as that. I think especially working with kids, it you can't look at it is in okay I want to do this business because I want to make a million dollars like it doesn't work like that you actually have to have some kind of passion to be able to work with them otherwise you're not going to get very far yeah you, you don't found out pretty quick right <laughs> yeah you don't get into teaching or anything like that to make a million bucks you, you, yeah. you're not going to last you don't get into it for the holidays you don't get into any of those things same sort of thing running kids programs like this you're not going to get into it ideally if you if you do it well you're going to make it, you can make a million bucks if you do it really well. That's, that's the plan, right? But it's a yeah. long haul and it's not something you're going to stick around with if you don't enjoy it. You've really got to love it. And, and that's, that's what this is for. This is hopefully speaking to those people who love uh, working with children and developing those sort of skills because uh, they're the people we want. And they're the people who, like you said, can go off to make a million bucks with a business, but you've got to have that passion to stick with it. That's it. Yes. Love it. Now, Cass, I'm sure, Sure, a lot of people are listening to this and they're like, okay, I've got to find out more about Cassie Chad. I've got to see this amazing program she's doing. Am I right in saying the best place to follow you is on your Instagram, the Evolve Kids Fitness? Yes. Awesome. And let us know a little bit, what sort of stuff do you post on there? Um, at the moment, it's just little snippets of different things that I've got set up or any promos coming up, if there's any competitions or 
when registration starts, just little insights to what's going on in the business at the moment. Awesome. And I follow you and I, I love uh, seeing what you post there. So I definitely recommend following Cassie. Cassie, that's um, pretty much everything from us. Is there anything? I've got one last thing, actually, which I forgot to mention earlier. I saw it on your Instagram page. Jono reminded me there. Do you do, you do yoga for the kids as well? Is that right? I'm actually start, starting next term, yes. So this actually goes back to talking about if you don't know, if, if you're not experienced in a particular field or anything like that. So I've just finished um, a kids' yoga teaching course to give me a little bit more background on how to do it and different approaches to deal with kids in that kind of environment. So, yeah, I'm starting that up next term. Beautiful. There's a very cool YouTube channel. Um, Cosmic Kids. That's the one, Cosmic Kids. We yes. used to do it at school all the time. And we actually got a yeah. yoga program in through school externally um, for a term. And I can tell you, yeah. it wasn't all kids' cup of tea, but it was great. It was a, I was going to ask you, like, what have you found in regards to, you know, the response from the kids? Because it was really calming. And, like, running after that session, like, doing classwork after that session, the kids were really calm, really focused. Uh, so... Yeah, if you haven't started it yet, obviously you're not going to have the, the answer to, to how they respond. Yeah. I've been practising with my kids, so yes. <laughs> obviously to get them and work out what's more engaging for the different age groups because I've got two. And your, the kids' yoga classes are split up slightly different to as if I was doing my multi-sport circuit. Mm -hmm. So three to four-year-olds, I wouldn't do it with two-year-olds. Um, but three to four-year-olds is very different to five to eight, which is my next target market for those classes um but that's part of the reason why i wanted to to put it into my business because i find in this day and age we uh live such a fast-paced life and parents don't realize but they're passing that on to their children they're going from from say dance practice to school to tutoring to this to that that they don't get an opportunity just to calm down yeah. and just to be a little bit more aware so that's one of the reasons why I'm actually yeah, doing it. I love it. it. I love it. It was something I really wanted to touch on, but I completely slipped my mind when we were talking and, and it, Jono just sort of reminded me when he spoke about Instagram. Sorry, Jono, you can go back and uh, close <laughs> off. I was just that's all from our end. Is, is there anything we forgot to ask you or anything you'd like to finish off with? Um, I don't, I feel like that covers everything to, to do with my business and my background and, and why I've started. So I'm pretty happy with that. I'm glad awesome. to hear. <laughs> Thanks very much for your time, Cassie. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Thank you. Thanks for getting in contact. Cheers, Cass. Thanks. Bye. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Well, check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you or you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. 
visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.